Hey my friends, welcome to Positive Spark Plug. I'm your host, Candace, and I am so excited for you to be joining me. This week, I have a very special guest. His name is Mark Liebert. He is the founder of Liebert Fitness, and he is the inventor and creator of the equalizer, the buddy system, and the stretch strap. And these pieces of equipment, let me tell you, are incredible. You can take them anywhere. They are so easy and functional to use, and you get a killer workout in with the equalizer and the buddy system, or you get a fantastic feeling stretch with the strap. Mark goes around traveling, doing presentations, and doing workshops and certifications. He also has a website online where you can order all of his products and do all of his courses and certifications. I loved having a conversation with him and getting to know more about him and his life and I am so pumped for you guys to take a listen so are you guys ready because here we go Candace I can barely hear you okay Check this out. Can you hear me like, now? I can hear you, but it's really, really quiet. Oh. It's literally right. Weird. What about now? Uh, same. Weird. Oh, my volume's up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can. It's the same though. <laughs> We're having fun oh. with the technology. Right. Okay. Well. Can you hear me okay? Like it's loud enough. Yeah, I can hear you. Great. Oh. I all my all my volume is up, so I'm not too sure why that's happening. Yeah, I have it. I have my volume up all the way. Um, Oh, well, we'll just go with it. I'll just, uh, if I can't hear you, I'll ask again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'll try my best to get loud. Okay. All right. So my very first question is, um, being in the fitness industry, um, I want to know a little bit more about you. So I want you to, if you can, Give me one, two, three fun or interesting facts about you outside of your um, fitness role. Okay. <laughs> How can my listeners know more about you besides just the Mark Liebert that everybody gets to see, the world gets to see? What can you share with my listeners so that they know a little bit more about you than just the equalizer <laughs> okay. guy. And you're nice and loud now, Candace. So that's great. <laughs> it's switched over. Oh, yay. Um, it's about me that uh, people don't know. Oh, geez. Um, uh, I'm an artist. I love to paint uh, abstract paintings. And I've just been doing that uh, 
got right back into that recently. So that's one thing. Um, oh my God. Uh, I like to, um, when I'm flying on uh, long flights, I like to write dirty jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amazing. Um, that is you know, hilarious. What made you, like, how did you come up with that? I was always a shy kid growing up. So you develop strategies to, you know, get in front of people. And um, I like to joke around and have fun. And, and, uh, and my creative side, I guess when I'm flying, I have to find a way to, you know, keep that creative side uh, refreshed. So I, I write jokes. <laughs> I don't think they're funny. And I have, and I have said to my friends that I will do a <laughs> it'll probably be horrible but i'm gonna give it a go because it scares the bejesus out of me so i think i'm gonna try it no sorry i am gonna try it yeah oh my <laughs> yes maybe that would be I hilarious think, uh, i would love to come watch that, that. do you um do you drink so that would be good okay, then you can come watch <laughs> i do uh <laughs> i do i do i would watch yeah. that um yeah. another and one so I you tell dirty jokes the, uh, you're an abstract artist I grew up as a very very shy kid so um getting out of that was um you know a, a, it was, was a growth thing you know I, I in high school i don't think i even talked to a girl for four years um and when i left high school to go to college i just kind of you know, said, that's not really me. I like to have fun. I like hanging with my friends and uh, just started to you know, get out of my, do things to get me out of my shell a little bit. So yeah, I guess that would be a third thing. So that kind of leads, that leads me into my next question. Um, being the shy type when you were growing up, how um, how did staying active come into play? Were you into sports? Uh, did you play any? How did you uh, get yourself out there? And how did the yeah. the fitness industry yeah, come into play was, for uh, you? Said, you know, you know, Southern Ontario boy from Sarnia area. You know, you play hockey. That's just what you do. Um, so I played hockey, loved playing hockey. Um, but I really got into, in the summers, there was baseball and soccer. And I really got into soccer. Uh, my mom was Dutch, had family picnics. We'd always kick the ball around with her, with her brothers, my uncles. And uh, I just loved the game. So I'd practice every night. I was pretty, um, as a kid, I had this, I had this drive that I, I sometimes explain to my son. He just looks at me like I'm crazy. Like I would literally dribble the soccer ball in and out of the property we had about two acres with trees all around it and I'd go in and out of the property dribbling the soccer ball right after dinner until the sun went down um neighbors would be like they would be calling at me so who's winning Mark <laughs> um and uh it just because my my one of my uncles said you can run full tilt with a soccer ball on your foot um, just the same as if you didn't have it, then you're going to be an amazing player. So when I was 16, I made the over 18 team. They take two uh, underage players every year. So yeah, soccer was my jam. Um, yeah. And then getting into fitness was just, 
you know, um, went from Sarnia to up here in Toronto area to go to school. And I was just a skinny kid and wanted to put on some size. So I just got in the weight room and started lifting. And that's pretty much uh, (laughs) what I've been doing ever since. Were, was soccer, like, were you wanting to become a, a professional soccer player? Um, or was was that kind of just something like you, you kept as a hobby yeah, and for fun? And just to, to keep developing your skills. Um, but there wasn't much opportunities in soccer. I played a little bit in college and university and just kind of felt more towards the fitness side of things just because, um, you know, sports is a whole different beast uh i did a little bit um i competed uh in taekwondo national level so you know i I went pretty far in athletics and loved it and you know loved everything about it you know said earlier sports was a good way to kind of get me out of my comfort zone in terms of you know being shy because you have to work with others and and uh Although you can tell from my dribbling around the tree story, I like my alone time too. (laughs) It's important that we stay connected with others, but yes, it is also very important that we take our time for ourselves. I find that is very much needed because if not, you live a very overwhelming life. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. I'm a very outgoing person, love to yeah, be around yeah, people, exactly. but I definitely need my me time. <laughs> so you went off. So you went off to school. I see you have a BA in psychology, and yeah. you're a certified neuro neurologistics practitioner. Um, what made you want to study those fields? And how yeah, do you question. bring them well, into your coaching in life and your the, business now? Law and security, um, thinking I might want to be a police officer. And one of the professors, uh, Doug Steele, taught that loved it. I thought it was so interesting that when I was done college, I went to University of Health to get my BA in psychology. Um, but being so much in love with fitness, it was it was interesting how the two kind of work so well together because, you know, most of my clients could care less what a brachial radialis is. They just want to be motivated. Yeah, they just want to be motivated long term. So exercise prescription is yeah. one thing, but, you know, you'll know this and any trainer will tell you. I mean, a big part of our job is playing. So, Yeah. Yes. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Sometimes, yeah, and, and sometimes we're more that, that than a trainer. Because even though I, I still had clients that, you know, after a week of, you know, not really following the program they said they would, and I would kind of let them go and they would spend a lot of coming up with these glamorous justifications and excuses and denial and blame as to why they didn't exercise. And I would let them off the hook. And I didn't have the strategies um, as, as good as I would like. Um, I had great rapport with clients and worked with them. But I didn't have the strategies uh, until I took NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And that really helped um, from a personal trainer to a coach. 
And uh, that was a big shift for me, shift for my. Nice. Um, so the neurologistics, is that, does that teach you like behavioral, like behavioral patterns? Does it teach you like certain words to use or avoid or does it like, how does it bring strategies to you? Like, how does that help? Like, how, like, how do you, can you give an example of how you would bring that to a client? Like if a client was coming to you struggling? Fun to, fun to chat about it. Um, yeah, so neuro is obviously your neurology and linguistics is language. So that's like um, not just our language lies, but all internal dialogue and programming is the programs that we run on. So when you start to realize that, you know, pretty much everything we do is, is an unconscious written program, you know that you can um, take that well, I'm going to date myself here, floppy disk <laughs> and take it out and put a new, put a new floppy disk or write some different code, um, <laughs> which is really quite simple, but takes practice and discipline. Um, you can write new code. So you start to um, gracefully move into different behaviors. Um, so there's doing that. Like you said, a lot of it is language. So play simple sure with trainers that, you know, I'm going to have to run a course on this one day because I've learned so much from my guy, Paul, studied under. But when you're teaching group fitness or your client, you know, letting them know not what to do. So, okay, don't perform the exercise this way. And then uh, some instruction on how to do it properly. You'd be surprised how many group fitness instructors do it the opposite way. So the last thing they remember or hear is how not to do it. So really simple stuff like that. Just being careful with how we, uh, with clients. Noticing, eh, if you do that. That's, that's interesting. I'm actually going to start now. I'm aware of how, how I'm, um, correcting clients and and boot campers and and seeing yeah i'm definitely going to be keeping it my ear out for myself and how i am speaking definitely towards my clients Absolutely. and yeah. boot campers that i have um so you have your ba and you're a practitioner throughout school um you obviously have done a lot because i have looked you up and you have done weightlifting um you've earned a black belt in taekwondo and you also are a huge fan of boxing those are all amazing yep. um all different in very much ways and also have some similarities um, can you bring us through your journey in all of those wow. fields? And what have you learned um, most from I, all three? Uh, so I started in the weight room when I was 18 at Sheridan College. I was 6'1", the height I am now, at 155 pounds. <laughs> so I, it was basically concave. My chest was concave. Um, I was wow. so skinny. I could <laughs> behind a grain of rice. Um, but <laughs> so I started lifting. 
um, I basically started lifting and developing oh, I'm just laughing. I could in terms of health and fitness, reading all the magazines and studying as much as I could and learning how to, you know, work out in the weight room. And, 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 you know, naturally you can put on a young boy, a young kid working hard and, you know, working out religiously and eating properly and getting enough sleep can put on 10 pounds a year and that's what I did so I was 155 and then 165 by the time I left five and another equals five and just kept lifting and and getting bigger and stronger and um, that was my journey for that and then I met a guy who did um, who uh, competed in taekwondo at a, at a job that I had and he wanted to lift weights he was done fighting and so we we, we exchanged uh we exchanged uh, uh, our expertise, and he would show me how to kick, and that got me onto my journey for Taekwondo. So um, I was strong, and then I just had to learn, you know, the sport and the technique. Um, boxing was interesting because at one of my fitness clubs that I was um, uh, and teaching at, uh, the uh, a promoter had a kid by the name of well his name was Billy the kid Irwin, Commonwealth champion. He was in the Olympics, and they needed a strength and conditioning coach and asked <laughs> if I would do it. And that was kind of how I got into the boxing side of things. Oh. Ah. Um, what are some lessons that you've learned through all three of those training? Um, one of my partners in university, he taught me a lot of good lessons than I was, but he used to say the turtle wins the race. And I was such a young kid who wanted to get gains so quickly. And I would want to go from one plate aside to two. And he's like, why? (laughs) You're just going to hurt yourself. But me, I was like, so full. Uh, so he, he, the turtle wins the yeah. race when it comes to strength training is very true um, because years go by and you're much stronger and 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 but at, you know from day to day you don't really notice. Um, for me, just getting um, taekwondo is interesting when you compete because you could spar, you can do things in the mirror, you can do you know. Pr- uh, you know, you can, you can, you can pretend, you know, like real game situations, but it's not into a ring with someone else in a real tournament that you learn so much. Like in one tournament, you leave there for weeks on end, just thinking about everything that you learned. So getting, you know, because it provides a lot of lessons. Um, and, uh, for boxing, I didn't really compete, but I, I love the sport so much, and I, I love it as a fit tool. Um, I've learned that ladies, when they come to my boxing classes, some of them will be like, I'm not a violent person. It's not really my jam, but it's such a universally liked thing. Guys and girls just absolutely love boxing as a fitness um, tool. So those, I think, would be three lessons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I I find um, I've done a little boxing when I first started um, out with my own personal trainer, um, Sean, when I first kind of got into 
um, the fitness world. I've always been active through sports, but it wasn't until I was um, in college going for my developmental service worker course, being in a comfortable relationship back then, I gained some weight. And, you know, the freshman 30 or 20, whatever that saying is, um, I definitely gained it. And so I, I went off to a trainer and, oh, my God, yes, uh, he taught me some techniques, some punching, some kicking techniques. And it's an excellent release of energy, whether you are a violent person or not. It really helps um, drive out any emotion that yeah, is kind of yeah, stored within the body, sure. I good, find, without you even really knowing. good release. Uh, not a cure-all, like anything. <laughs> if there's some underlying things you need to work on, it's just going to be a temporary relief, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely does that. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why people love it so much. Um, so growing up with all, um, like your schooling, uh, your different sports, now your different, um, fields of athletics, um, athleticism, you must have had someone or some ones um, as a mentor or someone that you looked up to. Um, what, who are they? Oh, wow. Who are these people? And what well, are some lessons that you learned dad, from you know, them? My mom, uh, they both have passed away. So, but, you know, my dad was like the eternal optimist, five kids, taught high school for 35 years worked his butt off my mom the same she went through the war when the germans came through holland and they immigrated here so you know i've learned yeah whenever i think i'm working hard i think about them and i'm like no (laughs) they had it rough you know um and then more my profession uh paul dooland who taught me nlp i took many 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 courses with him um just a fan very um really big time mentor for me um the guy that I used to train with pat in taekwondo uh great friendship and working together um yeah men along the way just um people that i've worked with staff um other trainers our master trainers just learning from so many people along the way but those would be the top ones Nice. Um, are there any like specific, like if you were to think of them being like, oh yeah, like the, the turtle wins the race kind of um, thought, like are the, what are some of the like key factors that they've really installed, like instilled in you as a person where it's like you kind of resort back to like, oh yeah, I gotta yeah. go. I remember um, what Pat said I say, and I, I, I gotta um, go back to that. My first NLP course with Paul, and um, I was there was it was an interesting time because we had salespeople in the course and lots of people. And at the beginning of each session, he would ask us what's going on, and you know the sales guys love to talk. But when it got to me, I just be like, I'm good. I was pressing everything that was upsetting me, and and uh, I'm good. So. Paul, in his uh, in his infinite wisdom, uh, beginning of one of our sessions, said, um, "We're only 
um, going to be able to talk for 12 minutes, but you have to fill in the whole top 12 minutes. So the salespeople were having a hard time getting everything out. <laughs> and it was in that time. But when it came to me, I never said anything. So he, you know, just shone the, the spotlight on me. And we just all sat there waiting for me to talk. And I was like, I'm good. I have nothing. And then the floodgates opened and I just basically cried for like half an hour. Um, so what I learned from that is, you know, you got to sometimes push through some, some things and if they're not comfortable, that's okay. And, but the other side is what was really amazing about it all is just how light I felt and how good I felt and just to kind of get that out. So, you know, most of the lessons that I've learned in my adult life recently have been through some of the things that, uh, you know, Paul's put me through because, you know, at the end of the day, for trainers working with clients, we have to work on our own stuff first. And, um, yeah. And, uh, so once you can do that, you know, you, you have strategies, uh, passion because you've been through it. So those are, I'd, I'd say Paul is probably the best lessons. Awesome. Um, so you're on this fitness journey. Um, as have you always felt like you were an entrepreneur because you invented two pieces, well, three pieces of equipment. Um, you have your own, your own gym. Um, how, how did those come about? Did you have your gym first or did you be like, Hey, I need to come up with uh, this piece yeah. of equipment like how did the equalizer come about like um, why did you yeah, create it and there. how did you come up with that idea <laughs> business and i like bringing ideas to life um but there's a lot of risk sometimes okay. and it's tough for people you know regular paycheck is 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 very um, comforting thing. Um, are you still there? Because my phone was kind of beeping around a bit. Okay, okay. Um, in terms of flexibilizer, the no, I'm here. We're rebranding to the Hit System. We have the stretch strap. Um, I have other tools that we're launching. We have the parallettes now. Um, so yeah, lots. I've never have a shortage of product ideas, <laughs> but. Ideas are cheap. Getting them to market is a whole nother thing. Um, so our actually be expanding shortly. Uh, the equalizers, I, I was doing a lot of in-home personal training uh, at the time, and I needed a portable tool that I could bring to clients home so we could do rows and dips and all those types of things. And, and uh, it just kind of hit me one day after training with one of my clients, I called up a buddy and Hamilton, who works at a steel factory. His name's Paul. And I said, Paul, I need to come over after work. Um, can you weld up some ideas that I have? And he said, sure. And brought him a case of beer because that's what a good Canadian boy does. <laughs> um, so we got to welding and, and testing out my little idea, oh, yeah. um, which turned out to be more than a little idea because now, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's being used all around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so exciting. Um, you have 
Um, now, have you, so what made you go from at home um, client yeah, to owning your own too. studio? I mean, what made you do the shift? Or were you... Alrighty. Well, I'm really excited for today. Yes, me too. Can, I, can you, um, it's very uh, quiet. Your studio. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, you know, I think the, the main part of that answer is I was tired of driving around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I really was. I did it for, it was cool. I got to, you know, train and people, you know, they trusted me with, uh, with that. And I got to see their kids grow up and, and, um, but I just needed a home base and started with, uh, a buddy of mine who's a chiropractor had a small studio and then moved into a gym uh, and then into another gym, which is the one I'm in now. So uh, it's called Liebert Nation. Uh, it was Fitness Nation, but with our rebrand, we just changed it to Liebert Nation. And we specialize in boot camps and boxing and uh, weight loss challenge, personal training. So really, really cool facility. That's exciting. And it's been 15 years for you guys, correct? Or 15 yep. years for the equalizers. Yeah. 15 or like years, yeah. Yeah. Two separate companies, but 15 years for Liebert Fitness um, and uh, the gym, the, the location where it's been about 50 a bit more. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, you, you, you don't only have your fitness nation, but you have like, a whole website, a whole online um, area where you can do courses either online or people can come visit you for live events. Um, you have a master trainer certification. Um, what do both of those tell? So what do the courses entail and what does your master trainer certification entail and how are they different? How are they the same? Yeah, so the courses that we teach um, with the buddy system, now the hit trainer and the equalizer are just your basic CEC, so continuing education. Um, we're a continuing education provider for ACE and, and AFA and CanFit Pro. So you can take our course, um, the ultimate guide to equalizer training, which just takes you through product, um, you know, set up, uh, program design, exercise selection, regression, progressions, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a really good basic advisors um, with group programs and uh, with their personal training. And it's really so imperative. I don't know how many people I see that have equalizers. And then I show them a couple of moves like we didn't know that. And I said, you have to take the education with the product. <laughs> It's yeah. so helpful. Um, or come to a conference session, uh, which is a good start. At least you get an hour and a half. Um, the master trainer is just uh, someone who goes through a process with us to um, become uh, a master trainer to teach our education. So they'll deliver uh, those courses for us in different places. So we have master trainers across Canada and the U.S. And then we have master trainer. Uh, Val in France. Um, we have Germany. We have, um, oh my God, where are we? Turkey, Greece, all over Europe as well. Wow. Yeah. So you've got your you've got your name all over the world. That's amazing. 
it's cool yeah well we try (laughs) (laughs) um with with all of this under under your belt i i know um it will definitely not come easy so what are some of the struggles um, or obstacles that you have faced within these 15 years? And how have you overcome them? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, huh, there's business, business can suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is so cool to be an boss, uh, but there is a lot of challenges. I mean, just the amount of, time I've spent traveling, um, you know, uh, away from the family, uh, you know, trade shows, the amount of money it takes just for people to hear a product and get our name out there is a huge taking. Um, and then if you're not careful and we're working on strategies to combat this now is once you become popular, everybody knocks you off. So now we have to really distinguish because uh, we're the gold standard, we're the original, so we have all the education um, and all that thing. The thing people don't realize is if they buy, you know, it's like anything, you get what you pay for. And our product is so reasonably priced, but the knockoffs that undercut us are such crap. We've bought so many of them, and they're just absolutely horrible, unsafe. It's it's ridiculous. So um, we're, we're building strategies around that, just really, you know, um, working on, community uh working on connecting with our customers uh better um all those types of things so yeah lots of challenges as as the years went by from from a startup to um you know keeping and launching new products so yeah always challenging how what are some what are some of the strategies that you have used um to to make yourself stay on top because like you said it's very easy for others to um you know go with the the knockoffs and or the cheaper products um how do you how do you keep yourself like what are some of the strategies that you're using now that's keeping yourself on top well the good news is that a lot of people are loyal to brands like for me personally, um, especially in the fitness industry, if I know someone who has a product, I'm not going to go and, and, and take away from all their years of hard work and buy a knockoff. It's just for me, it doesn't feel right. And I want quality. Um, so for us, we're lucky that we have people that are loyal to brands. <clears throat> They've worked you know, with us before. They come back as a repeat customer and even you know, not just for the same product, but for some of our other products. Um, the same is true with some of our distributors. We have distributors. Um, in the U.S. and Canada and around the world that are loyal to brand as well because they could create their own or get a knockoff, um, but um, they understand the value that comes with working, you know, with us in terms of all the things we can provide. Uh, so those are some of the strategies. There's so many. It's so many, so many prongs to this. There's the social media strategies which, you know, is a whole podcast unto itself. Um, There's the, there's the community strategies. Um, So we're working with, for example, um, of the military here in Canada. So on their website, um, they can get our product at a discount, but then we give a a portion, a good percentage um, back to the charity to help veterans. 
um, that have come back and need some assistance. So we're always working with lots of different communities to, I mean, our mandate is um, fitness for all. And, and we, when I created the first product, I meant that, you know, I wanted clients to be able to get a great workout at home without lots of expensive equipment. So we're, accessible for them same within the group fitness realm you know the equalizer put into a group fitness class can do hundreds of things we're making fitness more structures and to the clients that they serve so yeah that's those are kind of the things and and really focused on on you know our roots and uh you know it's one thing that the knockoffs will never be able to do they have no interest in becoming making the world a better yes now with um you you've paired up with some pretty amazing people to create um this it's an equalizer but different styles and different colors tell tell me a little bit more about that like what made you decide to join in on someone or did or did people come to you and be like hey i want to make an equalizer in this color. How did that all come about? Yeah. How did you partner um, up with your? Yeah, and that's actually part of the last uh, answer, which I didn't, didn't uh, mention. So it's a good question. Um, part of our strategy is to have great partners. Um, for example, Frank Madrano, who is known around the world as the calisthenics king. Uh, in, I think, L.A., uh, he came to our booth and started doing some really cool stuff on the equalizers. I didn't know who he was at the time. I think he actually bought a set and um, we developed a friendship and we uh, a few years later were in California said, why don't we create a, 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 um, a, a signature series, Frank Madran equalizer. And he was very excited about that. Um, and then we did the same with Natalie Jill. She's out of California as well. And Recently, we worked with um, Nine Round, which is a big franchise. They have 800 locations where we did um, private labeled uh, red equalizers with Nine Round up the side for them. So, uh, yeah, lots of great partnerships. That's so exciting. Now, um, I'm assuming all of your partners, are they master trainers or are these just people that... Um, have certifications and are in coaches in other areas of the fitness industry. And you guys just kind of connected and we're like, you know what, let's make a, let's make an equalizer brand based out of off of you and your, your branding. Yeah. They're not necessarily master trainers with us, although they would be master trainers in their own world. Like Natalie Jill is a sports nutritionist and a personal trainer. Um, Frank is, you know, been in calisthenics his whole adult life. And um, so, yeah, not necessarily a master trainer for us. They, they don't really, the master trainers, people that want to get out of education are, are big affiliates. Like, um, like the last two that I just mentioned, you know, and continuing to grow their brand and do what they do. So kind of two separate right. things. Yeah. Um, so with all your partnership, your your studio fitness nation um you are a family man and you also are a presenter going around traveling um how do you 
how do you find balance in in making sure that you have quality time with your wife and your son, but also have quality time within your business and, and getting yourself out there? Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, bunch of years. Um, with uh, I mean, it's easy to connect now when you're traveling, not like it used to be in the past. So, um, but uh, one of the things people don't realize being an entrepreneur like you do actually you know you can arrange your schedule so you have time for the things that are important to you like my son I'm usually home when he gets home from school I'll go to the gym at night but I can work from home during the day so it's really nice to be, be able to see him most every day um, in terms of my business and and uh, and my personal life you know it's it's one of those things where again you have to carve out the time our new president, David, and myself will be doing a couple day-long meetings where it's just very relaxed and we're just going through all the things we need to do, just more, um, more of a brainstorming session just to make sure we're, you know, keeping up with what we need to do. Um, so it's, it's carving out those days and making the time to do it is really the key and for yourself as well. Yes. So do you have, um, do you have like a daily ritual or daily routine that you follow? And is it different when you're on the road? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the, the road does mess things up. I've learned over the years not to travel the same way as when I started when we were <laughs> some of the stories like when we displays with me on flights and trying to jam them into the overheads and I'd be on subways in New York with built equalizers and I'd be in my shorts in January and everybody's looking at me like I lost my mind um, <laughs> so we, we uh, hustled back in the day now um, travels a little bit easier I try to fly business as most often as I can because it's just been a lot of wear and tear 15 years of travels uh, uh, in terms of my schedule, um, I keep it the same pretty much when I'm traveling and when I'm here. I have, I just know when I'm stronger at certain things. In the mornings, I'm I'm much better on on my emails. I get my social media done, then then work on my emails. At night, I'm most creative and physical, so that's when I do my uh, fitness and my creative side of things. So I, those that's kind of a um, a loose. Uh, that's kind of like the big chunks, not the actual details, but that's how my days roll. Nice. Now, do you have um, like in the mornings um, or, or at night times, do you have like any rituals? Do you um, how do you get yourself um, in the in the zone? Like, do you meditate? Um, do you pray? Do you have a saying that you say before you before you get going? Yeah, I have a few rituals. Um, in the evenings, uh, I have my nightly meditations, which I call painting. <laughs> nice. it's, it's my way to unwind. I don't turn the TV on too often. I'll watch some Netflix here and there. Um, but uh, for the most part, I do my work at night. Um, I'll be having an art show actually in November at my club. Um, and and I do uh, some meditation first thing. In stand up. I do some uh, techniques, uh, exercise, stretching. So I incorporate all those into my weekly schedule. Nice. 
Uh, hello. hello. So with yeah. <laughs> so with all of your presenting, um, you travel quite a bit, um, doing workshops, speech speeches, um, teaching courses. What um, what are some of the takeaways that you have learned through traveling and how how do you get yourself to really connect um, with your audience and all of those that you're training with? Oh, wow. Um, for traveling, uh, different. You always read things like try to get on their time zone and stuff. You just got to figure it out for yourself. I um I sleep when I'm tired, so I don't. Tr if I sleep, if I'm tired when I get there, I sleep. If I'm not, I don't. Um, and I adjust really quickly, so I'm kind of lucky for time zones. <laughs> um, for and I for connecting with and traveling slash connecting with audiences, I like to get there a day early, just because you never know with travel what's going to happen. <laughs> you might get there, you know, um, you might miss your your seminar or your conference um just nowadays traveling so so i always like to get there a day or two early and just kind of decompress get into the swing of things and get prepared properly um in terms of connecting with the audience i think it's pretty easy um if you have passion if you're excited um and you're enthused and you have passion who who doesn't want to be around that so that's really easy um and that's something that I have our products and our programming. So um, never an issue there. That's amazing. So I see that um, you have quite a bit of amazing stuff under your belt. Like you are a top 100 entrepreneur in the industry. You're a silver lining top 10 entrepreneur. You're a finalist in CanFit Pro Professional of the Year. Your NEOS International Presenter of the Personal Trainer of the Year, and your Canada's Top 100 Health Influencer. How do you feel about all of those? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Sometimes it's nice to just sit back and 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 uh, take a look at what you've done and where you come from, and 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 uh, it's it's really cool. It's a cool feeling. I don't look at it too often because I'm like a super driven guy and. It's nice to have, but um, for me, it's always kind of like, how can we get, can we serve people better? How can we, um, what's next? Um, but yeah, it is nice sometimes to sit back and go, oh, that's, uh, that's cool. Uh, it's not just me either. It's, it's a team. So it's nice that I get those, but it's uh, the team behind me really does all the hard work. So what is next for you and your team? <laughs> well, it's funny. When we just relaunched uh, Liebert Fitness, a new logo, a new website, um, uh, updating our products, uh, changing the way we communicate with our customers, just so much going on. And it was a lot of work getting to that launch. Um, but then my, the president of our company, David, it's funny because I've been using his saying the last couple of weeks, it's like now the real hard work is and uh, uh, yeah so what is next is just implementing everything that we worked on since January um, and uh, 
and uh, <clears throat> getting through, you know, the Christmas and New York, New Year's is going to be very busy, as you know, in the fitness world. So those are some of the things. Well, there's, there's a lot of things there. And with the with the club, now that it's fitness nation, it's a nation. Um, my business, Donovan, and I always wanted it to be Libra Nation. Um, he's an amazing guy and has no ego around that. He always thought it would be great to have the parent company, have not just products, but have the physical location that connected. We will at some point move towards franchising. So we'll be able to have people around the world open up Liebert Nations. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, very cool. So with all of this journey, I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, if you were to, start all over again what would you do differently oh wow i would have whenever i get asked this question it's usually around the difficult conversations um i would have more conversations around things that i don't want to talk about i avoid <clears throat> i don't anymore but i avoided difficult conversations in the past and caused me nothing but pain and heartache <laughs> um and as difficult as they might seem at the time, um, it would save a lot of um, a lot of um, resources. So, yeah, that would be my big one for me. Uh, not every not everybody has that problem, but for me, that was that was something uh, for me. Oh, all right. Um, my final question. Um, before I get to it, I just want um, to give thanks to you for um, taking time out of, I know, your, your busy schedule to share your information, share a little bit about your life. Um, I really appreciate um, you doing that for me. I was, I'm, I'm extremely excited about my listeners being able to hear this podcast. Um, I feel like they're going to get a lot out of it. So that's really exciting. And my final question for you um, and for all my guests is, what is your perspective on positivity? Oh, wow. Um, that's great. And, and thank you for having me. We've known each other for a while, and um, I love the work that you're doing and appreciate you having me on. And I hope, I hope the listeners get something from it. <laughs> oh, they definitely will. <laughs> Um, positivity is key. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, my dad was Mr. Optimism, always smiling and happy. Um, it doesn't mean that you avoid, um, things that aren't going well because <clears throat> you can't repress stuff. Uh, you have to feel it and let that happen as well. Um, but it is amazing how positive can change, um, your outlook on anything. If you get into the gym and I mean, the thing is, you're going, you're making decisions all the time. And if you're always second guessing your decisions, it's going to be very difficult. So if you're currently doing something, you chose to be in that position at that time, then put a smile on and, and just notice how that changes your whole physiology. It is absolutely incredible how it's linked our physical and our emotional bodies. Um, yeah, positive is huge. Huge, huge, huge. 
Awesome. I, I love that. Um, yes, I, I was actually just listening to one of Prince EA's. He's, uh, he's an influencer. He's a lot on the social media. Um, he was actually saying that like our facial um, muscles actually are a huge indicator on how we feel emotionally. So when we have like a stern face or like a, a sad face that actually um, triggers our emotion, uh, our emotions inside to actually start um, making you kind of feel that way. And simply just smiling um, tricks your brain into thinking that something has either just happened or is happening now that is making you happy. So your body actually changes chemicals and starts to change you phys physically as well. You start becoming less tense and all that. It was really interesting. So I have now realized one reason why I'm really always positive is because I always smile. I don't know how I always find to be smiling, but it's one of my favorite things to do. So yes, positivity is definitely um, a huge factor. And your, your body language and how you're presenting it definitely um, is key. Um, how do my listeners find you? Where can they go? Uh, first of all, when, um, when you were saying all that, I was smiling the whole time because I was in agreement and <laughs> I love, I love, I love that. There's so much science and research behind that. Um, and it reminds me of Elf, uh, the movie smiling is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I know when he first saw that and I watched that part, I was like, I'm with you on that. Oh, I, love so I, so I, I honestly think it's one of my second natures because I do it without even really thinking. Everyone's always like, how are you always smiling? And I don't, yeah. I honestly, I don't know. It's, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. So um, if I can, if I can do that, and I also know smiling is, is free and it's yeah. so inexchangeable and it's very hard not to smile back at someone when they're smiling. So yeah. even if it's that like split 30 seconds or maybe even 10 seconds of getting that person to smile, I know I, I gave them 10 seconds of positivity, which is excellent for me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's so key. I mean, you know, it's, it's important as trainers that we have things that other than just physically put them through a workout. I mean, that's a great strategy right there. Get them to open up their arms and look up and put a big smile on. And as fake and as unreal as that seems, it physically does change the chemistry of your body. So I love it. Um, cool. Oh, how do they, uh, Liebert, um, anywhere on Instagram, YouTube, our website, um, that's where they can find us. Liebert Fitness, L-E-B-E-R-T. Amazing. All righty. Well, I once again want to say thank you so very much. And I want to give you an acknowledgement for all that you do to help make this world a healthier, more positive place. You're making a huge, huge impact. So thank you so very, very much. And keep doing what you're doing because I love following you and uh, I love being able to connect with you. I was sad that you weren't there at CanFit this year, um, but yeah. I'm sure you will find some time to connect in person and uh, keep this chat going. Absolutely. That would be great. And thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you. Have an excellent day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Well, my friends, there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with the Mark Liebert. Please take some time to give me a review and some feedback. I would really appreciate it. I am trying to create a podcast full of value, wisdom, and connection. And in order for me to do that, I need your guys' help. So please review, comment, and share on social media. I am at Sparkplug Wellness on Instagram. I am Candace Axford on Facebook. Please like, share, tag me in it. Let me know what you guys think. And once again, I truly, truly appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. So now it's your time to go create positivity and be positive.